You're listening to Ink Studs on CITR 101.9 FM. Wow, I am not all there today, am I, Mario? I wasn't either. Yeah, not wow. I did not realize that song was ending. Whew. And I didn't realize her song before was ending. Guess who's not paying attention and has two thumbs pointing at himself? This guy. I promise that's the last time I'll use that joke. No, it's not. It isn't. It really isn't. Same with the that's what she said jokes. <laughs> no, Mariel's just mad at me. You're listening to Ink Studs on CITR 101.9 FM, the radio show about comics. It is 2010. Will comics change this year? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, today, my guest is Corinne Mucha. Did I get it right? Excellent. I got you there. Good. Uh, now, your books are... I've got everything in a bad stack. Just kidding. Okay, you have My Alaskan Summer, your Zurich-funded uh, book. Mm-hmm. And uh, the most recent mini, I think, is The uh, the Single Life. Where is it? Uh, my, buzz number my Every three. Single Thought. Yeah. Yeah. That's not your latest? Well, the most recent one is Buzz Number 3, but oh. then my Every Single Thought came out last year, too. I haven't seen Buzz Number 3. Oh, okay. So I won't ask you about it. I'll probably still ask you about you, it. but I guess it never made it to Canada. How long ago? Uh, like two months ago. Wow. No, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so people listening, Canadian Postal Service really sucks. Or maybe it's the American. <laughs> I think it's a Canadian one. I, I This happens... I don't know. It makes me I don't unhappy. know. Chicago is pretty bad, too. Yeah. So it'd be like a Canada-Chicago combination. I have a feeling somewhere there's a posty guy going, All right, Inkstud's mail. I need some new comics. It's like, <laughs> come on. Just let them come through. It's not like you're going to be getting your X-Men fixed from my mail. Oh. You really won't. I'm sorry to say that if that's what you're looking for, Mr. Posty. It's going to be mini-comics, most likely. How are you doing today? Good. Good. I probably already asked that. Um, now, you've been doing minis for, what, four years now? Five years? 2005 is Five years? Yeah. All right. So maybe we'll start at the beginning. What sucked you into comics? Um, because one thing I'm really curious about is a lot of the folks I interview, there tends to be this, like, everyone's around that same age of early 30s. Early to mid thirties, but you're twenty five now, twenty six. Twenty six. Twenty six, and so I have a feeling you come from a lot different influences than most of the other folks I talk to, a lot different interests possibly. So I'm I'm really curious to see where that's coming from and what sucked you in to this uh, terrible addiction of making comics. (laughs) Yeah, it is a terrible addiction. I don't know. Um... Well, I I don't really know why I started drawing comics. It was just sort of like this strange inclination that I had that kind of came out of nowhere for me to start recording my days using, like, pictures and words. And then I show them to other people, and they're like, oh, these are comics. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all right, yeah, I guess I've seen those before. Um, I didn't really start reading comics until about a year after I was making them. Um, and even then, I was—I had a friend who was kind of force feeding me. <laughs> 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 like, 
<laughs> no, no, really, honestly, it's important for you to read comics if you're going to make them. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so you totally come from a whole different school of influences then. I guess so. I don't know. I mean, I read, um, you know, like syndicated daily comic strips a lot growing up. Um, and I read like Betty and Veronica too. Um, and they're very important. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you learn all about fashion and I don't know, dating and Archie, whatever. Yeah. And Jughead likes to eat burgers. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Does he actually make much of an appearance in Betty and Veronica? I can't remember. Or is it just all about Betty and Veronica? I don't think he made that much of an appearance. I don't know. It's been years since I read any of them. (sighs) And it's probably all for the best. (laughs) Now, you went to the Rhode Island School of Design, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. What was your artistic interest there? Um, I majored in illustration. um, And I went into school thinking that I wanted to to write and illustrate children's books. Um, and then my junior year, I was studying abroad, um, doing independent study in Rome. And that's when I started drawing comics. And that's when I started realizing that I didn't really have any stories I wanted to tell in children's books. Um, so it was sort of like that interest was fading, and then my interest in comics was growing. So, yeah. What did you, like, studying abroad in Rome, what were you kind of looking at when you're studying there um well my school the school has this really amazing program um where they send like 30 kids over every year to basically do whatever they want um so you live in like this this big old building um in the middle of the jewish ghetto in rome um you know it's really close to like all kinds of crazy famous monuments and everything um, and we studied Italian, we studied art history, but um, all of our, like, art studio credits was basically just, like, just do whatever you want. We actually don't really care if you get much work done at all. Um, <laughs> it was a really big change from, you know, actually being at school in Providence. So, I mean, in terms of what I was looking at there... I don't know. I mean, definitely spent a lot of time, like, going to museums and that kind of thing. Um, I spent a lot of time doing, like, watercolor landscapes and that kind of stuff, too. But, yeah. It sounds like an amazing opportunity and experience. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would love to do that one day. <laughs> Maybe someone will let me go to school overseas and... Oh. No, probably not. I'm a little old for that now. Um, <laughs> did you have any comic-ish instructors at RISD? Yeah, um, my senior year I took a class with David Mazzucchelli. Amazing. Um, yeah, which is, he's a phenomenal teacher. Um, it was definitely one of my favorite classes I took at RISD. Um, yeah, that's the only class in comics I took while I was there. What kind of stuff did he focus on in teaching? Because, I mean, this is an opportunity that, you know, one of the great American cartoonists as a teacher, so he must have been some interesting stuff he'd cover or stuff like that. Yeah, well, I mean, he gave really amazing um, slideshow lectures, um, just talking about the history of comics in all kinds of different ways. Um, And then the drawing aspect of his class really focused on readability, 
Um, so we would all draw these comics every week, and we'd bring them in, you know, put them up on the wall, and he would basically go through, like, every panel um, with the entire class and be like, okay, this is what I think is going on here. Is this what you meant to be going on here, you know? And, you know, you would watch people kind of have these light bulb moments of like, oh, no, that's not what I meant to draw at all. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I definitely had a lot of those moments, too. Where it was like, no, no, the teapot is totally talking to the lamp. Like, don't you understand? <laughs> oh, no. That, that is... Uh, yeah, he was, he was great. Were you doing mini-comics at that point yet? No. Um, so at that point, I've been drawing comics for a year. And then um, I started producing mini comics that spring, um, so like right before I graduated school, because a friend of mine, my friend Sam, um, has been making comics since he was a kid, and he was basically like, hey, you know, when I was a kid, like my dad and I would put together these books, and we'd like photocopy them at the store, so uh, that's what we're going to do for your senior show. And I was like, all right, you know. <laughs> so, uh, we like went to Kinko's like 2 o'clock in the morning and, you know, made... Um, I don't know, 200 copies of my first mini-comic, which was called uh, Graduation Plans, and it was all about how I was going to turn into a superhero after I graduated, um, which didn't happen. I don't know what went wrong, but, uh, You yeah. didn't find the radioactive um, spider, or... Uh, yeah, no, no radioactive spiders. That's or too anything. Bad. Yeah, I think that the plan in the comic was something like I was going to eat a lot of oatmeal, and that was going to turn me into a superhero... I don't remember. Yeah. I don't think that would um, work, unfortunately. <laughs> Have you tried it, though? Not a fan of oatmeal, I gotta say. When it comes to <laughs> breakfast, oatmeal is not on my list. Well, maybe that's why you're not a superhero. That's it. I don't know. There we go. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll try uh, it out and see what happens. And if I'm not okay. a superhero in a month... We'll have a little talk. <laughs> I think it takes longer than a month, though. I think it takes, like, 20 years of eating oatmeal three times a day. So how come all the Quakers aren't superheroes? I don't think all the Quakers actually eat that much oatmeal. No? I don't know. I think that's a lie of advertising. Yeah. I'm not sure, but... You can't tell me that advertising lies. Oh. No, my my whole life has been ruined. <laughs> That's okay. I'll just go cry now. <laughs> now, the one the favorite I think uh mini comic um one of the favorites when you first sent me stuff. Tell me about shithole. Oh, um that's the story of my first apartment. Um so I lived with six other girls in a seven-bedroom apartment uh, my sophomore year of college. And I guess, like, the basic premise is, like, it looked like it was going to be a really good idea. We're all going to be, like, best friends and have this amazing apartment. And it just ended up being um, a really trashy apartment that we couldn't really take care of that well. And, you know, there lots of fights and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I could just see that coming with seven people and one apartment i've, I've done yeah, that could but i couldn't you know like i guess 17 or 18 however old i was then it was just like yeah like seven girls one apartment a good idea totally i don't know 
<laughs> oh. Lack of foresight. <laughs> <laughs> How long did you manage to survive in the apartment? Um, the entire school year. So I guess it was like nine months or so. That's uh, that's okay. Length of time to be able to do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, we all got out alive, and you know, I still talk to some of them to this day. So it's not all bad. Now, tell me about the community. This is in Providence, right? Mm-hmm. Did, did you kind of get involved much in the artistic community there at all, or kind of like see what was happening while you're in school, or were you kind of just dumped in school and? Kind of no, I was I was pretty much just involved with whatever was going on in school. Um, I stayed in Providence for a year after I graduated, um, but even then, I didn't really become too involved with the artistic community. So, yeah, I think we're gonna do a quick song break. Okay. Is there any particular track you'd like to hear? Uh, no. I think we start out <laughs> with the. Uh, the Spinto Band track, I should mention, that was Alphabetical Order off the album Moonwink. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I'll just play the next thing that's on there. Okay. I think we're going to play, uh, well, here's our Canadian content, Tegan and Sarah. We'll be right back. Ink Studs, CI Terror 101.9 FM. Tell me that you know another way to get it done this Stud, CITR 101.9 FM. It was uh, Tegan Sarah, uh, Burn Your Life Down. Um, I'm talking to Corin Mucha. Mm-hmm. 
How are you doing? Good. Good. Um, we were just yakking about the the shithole of Providence, Rhode Island. Is that a good way of putting it? <laughs> no, a city apartment in Providence, Rhode okay. Island. I guess I should say, uh, listener discretion be advised when I'm saying shithole. Um, <laughs> you can tell I'm in Canada, not America. You're in Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. Um, What's it like there? Have you gotten involved much in the cartooning community in that city? Um, yeah. Well, there's this drawing group that started up like a year ago um, called Trouble Club. And uh, we meet, well, I guess the group meets like once a week in a secret location. Um, <laughs> to draw damn comic. Um, it's it's a coffee shop. Every, every once in a while. What? It's a coffee shop. <laughs> It's not a coffee shop. That would be obvious. Okay. Um, yeah. And that. Who, yeah, I've gotten to know more people through doing that. Who are some of the folks you're getting to know there? Um, so, like, Aaron Rainier, uh, Jeremy Tinder, uh, Lily Carre, Lara Park, Nate Beebe, Grant Reynolds, Lucy Nicely. Uh, I know I'm going to forget a bunch of people. Bernie Sound- Govern. Yeah. Sounds like a good group of folks. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Um, yeah, we're working on, I think it's volume three right now, um, which is going to be like a full-size uh, newspaper size, full-color uh, comic, um, and it's looking really beautiful so far. Oh, wow. So folks should keep an eye out for I that even when seen it comes the, out. I haven't even seen the other stuff yet. Oh, yeah, you should definitely check it out. They're They're really fun to look at. Good comics are good. <laughs> I think that's today's uh, phrase of importance. That's truism, yeah, I think so. So tell me about your interest in in what you cover in your comics. Um, like, what are you drawn to discussing? Or maybe discussing is too um, fancy a term. <laughs> maybe it is too fancy, I don't know. Um, like, it know. seems like... I like talking inanimate objects. Um... That's not really no, that's really like a subject matter. But uh, I like to tell stories about my life that I guess I feel like through drawing the comic, I'm, I don't know, going to have some kind of insight about it, I guess. I don't know, more for me than for the reader. Just mm-hmm. like, I guess I choose stories kind of based on there's something I feel like, like through drawing it and through kind of like categorizing it and making lists out of like this experience in my life I can like understand it a little bit better or if I feel like there's like one story that has a connection to like a few different stories like the story I did um in paper cutter mm-hmm. um it was about uh how when I was a kid you know I thought that I had um which is living in my closet so like I chose to do that story just because it was like you know a story about my childhood and then about like working in this, like, weird coffee shop and, you know, this um, woman who's telling me, you know, well, maybe they were like, you're actually haunted when you were a child, you know, and then this conversation with my dad, too. I like trying to, I guess, weave different stories together to see if I can make something new and different. Well, that, w- that one's really interesting because you tell a little bit of it in an earlier mini-comic. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of neat to see how you revisit it as a more experienced cartoonist, I guess. 
Hmm, yeah. Was that kind of conscious, like going, okay, I did, I'm going to, you know, the story kind of make it work better or do more with it? No, no. Actually, I was home recently and I was trying to throw away a bunch of artwork and I was going through a bunch of stuff that I did uh, in college. And I hadn't realized that I sort of have been trying to, like, retell that story in some kind of way um, for years. I don't know why it's, like, such a focus for me. (laughs) Um, It's, like, maybe I am, like, really, like, trying to figure out, like, you know, were there really witches in my closet? (laughs) I don't know. Or it's just become this, like, weird story that I like to tell people over and over. Um, Because, I I don't know, I think we all have those stories from our childhood that are the things we really remember the most. Mm -hmm. We end up about them the most so so yeah it was in that earlier Manier comic and uh, I've done like a bunch of other you know silly little things about it before too well I really like the way you kind of touch on at the end of the one of the paper cutter about uh, you know how memory is imperfect hmm yes my memory is certainly imperfect <laughs> <laughs> so. I like to think mine is but everyone else says it isn't so Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think my my whole family is is fond of forgetting things. Like a little hobby of ours. I think like ever since I was a kid, it's just like, I'm going to practice not remembering the names of stuff. Like that sounds like a really good um, thing to add to my resume. Something. (laughs) Yeah. Tell me about your uh, process with your comic art or with your comicking. Like, uh, do you just kind of do sketchbook style, just do it, just, you know, kind of do it, or do you kind of write and process and come up with stuff? Or uh, Well, it changed a lot for me over the years. Um, when I first started drawing, I really liked everything to sort of come out right the first time, so I wouldn't pencil or anything, and I would just, you know, start with a pen in my sketchbook and just kind of, like, draw the thing from start to finish. Um, and not change anything afterwards. And then I started to realize that my comics then really didn't make that much sense. They weren't very legible. Um, and so now my process looks a lot more like I'll, you know, make some scribbles in my sketchbooks that are legible to me and no one else and draw a few little thumbnails and then, you know, take that over to like a scrap piece of paper and kind of refine what I'm going to take over to Bristol board. And then I pencil it and then I ink it. Um, I try not to do too much editing though. No. Like if I, if I write a story down the first time and I feel like it's just not coming out right, then I'll usually just kind of throw it away. Um, yeah. Now my Alaskan summer is your, I guess, first experience of doing an extended story. Yeah. Tell us about the uh, the trip to Alaska and then the choice to do such a an expanded work in comparison with the rest of your stuff. Um, well, uh, so right after I graduated from college, um, I decided to spend the summer uh, working at a bed and breakfast that my aunt and uncle owned in Soldatna, um, which is on the Kenai Peninsula in Alaska. Um, and my boyfriend at the time was with me, too. And, yeah, so we just, I basically spent the summer, like, being a maid and making people's breakfast and having sort of, like, little adventures in between. Um, While we were there, we were drawing comics the whole time, too. So we would, you know, be working all day until, like, 8 o'clock at night or something like that. 
And then we would, like, stay up until, like, midnight or so, um, like, listening to American Life and drawing comics, and then, like, wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning the next day and, like, do the whole thing all over again. Um, so when I was there, I was drawing um, the mini-comic version of that, which was called uh, I Lived in Alaska. And then I put that out um, when I got back from that trip. And that comic was 56 pages. Um, and I just always really hated the way I drew that book. Um, so I've been kind of meaning to redraw it for, I guess, like a few years or something like that. So then I started doing that, and then I applied for the Zurich. Um, and when I applied for the Zurich, I think I sent them a version of the book that was 56 pages. And then sort of through my process of editing and continuing to want to redraw things, somehow it became 96 pages. Um, so that's how the book got to be much longer than all my other comics. I think this is a matter of, like, spending a lot more time with it. Um, yeah. Is that something you're going to want to revisit, is trying to do more long-form works? Yeah, I definitely do want to do more long-form work. Um, I'm working on a longer book right now, but it's really different than the rest of my comics. Um, it's fiction, and... Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know how much more I have to say about it, but I have a lot of... <laughs> I, uh, I have a lot of other story ideas in my head that are going to take a lot more time. Um, so right now I'm still still into that thing where it's like, oh, I have this idea for this comic. I think I'm going to draw it in a month, and then uh, I'm going to take it to the copy store as soon as I finish it, and then I'm going to give it to a bunch of people. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't so maybe work. when I stop wanting to do that, I'll like, sit down and actually write some longer stuff. You can't just like be taken to Kinko's five minutes after I finish drawing it. <laughs> the ink's still wet. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then you're, you kind of follow that up. I kind of feel like it's a bit of a follow-up. It's the, uh, my every single thought. Um, mm-hmm. which maybe we'll do another quick song break and then okay. jump into that when we get back. So this okay. is... Inkstead CITR 101.9 FM. Trenches red and purple by our side 
studs on CITR 101.9 FM. Uh, just to let you know, some upcoming Ink Studs guests uh, over the next month or so. Uh, I'm going to be chatting with uh, Brian Lee O'Malley at some point soon about uh, Scott Pilgrim and his other comics work. But I think everyone just knows him for Scott Pilgrim. I kids, Brian. I kid. You have other comics. Uh, Zach Sally, whose uh, book uh, or book, Sammy the Mouse from... Uh, Graphics as well as collection is it called like a dog i think it's like a dog my brain's not working today and uh recidivist uh all great comics from the uh snowy uh area of uh minneapolis i heard it's very cold there i'm happy i live in vancouver it's warm out today as well uh, at some point soon i'll be talking to justin green which i'm very excited about because he's great um Vicky brown Meets the Holy Virgin Mary uh, was very influential on the whole world of autobiocomics in some way or not, even if a lot of people may not realize it. And it's a great book. Really beautiful. I just picked it up yesterday. McSweeney's edition of it where it's all uh, taken from the original art pages so you can see like all the, the details of his messiness at the time. Or not messiness, it's just, it's very exquisite. And right now, I'm talking to Corinne Cur- Cur- M- Mucha. I was going to say much of Mucha. Mucha, yeah. How are you doing? Good. You enjoy the song break? Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. of course. Um, 
Now, one thing uh, about your comics is you always do a little bit of silt screening on it, eh? Um, it's block printing. Block pr- oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Not quite fancy enough. Not quite. Yeah. That's okay. Block printing's fine, too. <laughs> do you use lino or potatoes or... Um, no, I use, uh, Leno. Yeah. I guess, uh, no one would really do comics and potato block prints, would they? I don't know. Now I'm tempted to. Why not? Yeah. I mean, because who doesn't just have some potatoes lying around? So. Mm-hmm. You know, it's cheap. Probably cheaper than the Lino or the Lino. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's, uh, but then you'll have the foodies saying you're wasting a precious resource. Are potatoes a precious resource? Maybe 150 yeah. years ago in Ireland. Are. I think heirloom potatoes are a precious resource. What makes an, a potato an heirloom potato? Um, well, what makes any vegetable an heirloom vegetable is whether it's been open-pollinated or cross-pollinated. Okay. Um, so, or whether it's a hybrid, I mean, or whether it's been open-pollinated. So basically... Um, heirloom is like somebody just discovered this potato that had been you know growing on its own and sort of like prized for particular characteristics and then someone decided to save those seeds um and start growing that potato um on purpose i guess it's the same with tomatoes and all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff too so and it's why um you know vegetables all over the world are dying (laughs) going becoming extinct because nobody's growing them anymore they're all the gmos um yeah yeah and just because you know um most farmers just grow uh you know the same varieties of like corn and Mm -hmm. tomatoes and apples and all that stuff the ones that grow flavorless but stay ripe forever exactly there we go yeah so you're a bit of a foodie yeah, more than a beautiful <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, it's probably, uh, I don't know, my second obsession next to drawing. I spend a lot of time cooking. Um, and in the summer, I work at a farm stand. So That's funny because, I mean, you're in the shithole comic. Your, your first year in school, you ate pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true um but it's actually that year that i first started getting really into cooking um up until that point i pretty much just burned everything um which i think is in that comic but yeah so are you do you have particularly dietary preferences like vegan or because i think you mentioned Um, that a couple of times you work in a very uh hippie-ish coffee shop I used to work in a pretty hippie-ish coffee shop, and then after that, I was a I was a line cook at a vegetarian restaurant for a year. Um, but I'm I'm basically an omnivore with um, food allergies, so I still have a weird diet, but not exactly by choice. So. <laughs> yeah. um, so, what kind of uh, stuff do you sell at the stand? Then, like, what's your your food interest of really promoting or selling? I'm sorry. You're saying during the summer you uh, work a, you know, a fruit stand, vegetable stand, a food stand. Oh, I work for um, an organic farmer. Uh, well, he grow his farm is um, is 
I guess it's in the middle of Chicago or the middle of Illinois, like central Illinois. Um, but yeah, I work at a farm stand and basically just, you know, sell people his vegetables. All right. So, yeah. Now your mini, um, but not your latest mini, my single thought is kind of like an extended story of small little stories. Mm-hmm. I guess I guess all your stuff is kind of like that, which I really like. Just little pieces put together. To Side make... stories. Yeah. Um, is it important to kind of make this statement of, I guess, it's okay to be single? Yeah, I guess. Um, I don't know what I don't know what statement I really wanted to make in the end, and I guess the thing like the whole thing sort of started out with me just feeling like, you know, this is a weird word, <laughs> like a weird label to have, you know, um, after like getting out of this like three year long relationship and it's like, um, I don't know why it's just like feeling like funny about having that label and um, like, aren't you single for most of your life, I guess, up until maybe at least, like, being a teenager or something. So, I don't know. I started the comic through with the intention to explore that and explore, like, different ways that I felt like that label, like, showed up in my life and, I guess, society in general. And then um, sort of weave in, like, a diary comic, too, about, like, how I was feeling about, um, like, getting over that breakup and just um, being single, like, from month to month. So, mm-hmm. yeah. It's kind of like a cathartic process. I guess, yeah. Kind of. Any interesting uh, observations from putting it together? Just things that, like, you didn't really think about that came up? Hmm. Um, I don't know. Well, I guess, I mean, at the end, um, I guess, like, the conclusion is, like, I, you know, saw this uh, magazine in the grocery store with the, I think it's Renee Zelliger on the cover saying, like, I'm not single, I'm busy. <laughs> um, and I just thought that was hilarious. And I think that at that point in the process, it was like I was really on the lookout for any kind of message whatsoever. Um, so it probably could have been, like, any magazine, just, I don't know. I'm not single, I'm doing my laundry. <laughs> it would have, like... <laughs> I don't know, made that the conclusion of the comic or something. Um, no, it's not true. But, um, no, I think it definitely made me more observant to just, like, seeing how, like, that word shows up in different places in, like, everyday life mm-hmm. and what it seems to mean to different people who are using it. So, yeah. It kind of looks at, like, I guess the expectation of people must be living their lives a certain way and... Like, it seems like it's almost like a scarlet letter. Yeah, I mean, I think it, like, a certain age or certain ages, maybe it can feel more like that than other ages. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, I don't know, I also probably came to realize it was, like, I was sort of creating all this anxiety over, like, having this label, and it really, it was about... Um, getting over like more a more specific relationship, which I don't know how much that actually comes through in the comic, but... Um, yeah, that's, like, what the process of writing it, I think I sort of eventually came to terms with that. I was like, oh, I don't really care that much about being single. It's just all this other stuff I'm trying to process. So, yeah. You do other art other than comics. Um, I was noticing you have an Etsy shop. 
somewhere on Etsy. Uh, tell me about what you're doing with your art, your non-comic-based art. Um, well, I do some collages, um, which is why I just opened up a little Etsy store, I guess, in December. Um, and I paint a lot of pictures of plants, that I like to paint. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I also like to take, um, like, old watercolor drawings um, that I did in college or just whenever and kind of paint over top of those until you can't really tell what it was anymore. It's like my way of recycling things. <laughs> so, yeah, those are sort of the two different ways that that process works for me. It's like, oh, it's on this old painting. See if I can make it uh, useful again. Or just like, my plant looks really good today. I think I'm going to paint a portrait of it. So, yeah. What's the the web address for the shop? Um, I think... The, oh, it's uh, SC.com, and then the name is just my name, like all one word, so uh, Corinne Yucha. C-O-R-I-N-N-E-M-U-C-H-A. There we go. Check it out, folks. So what you've got coming out in the future, I'm just going to rattle through it, I'm trying to think. You've got the uh, the book you're working on that you don't want to talk about. Right, yes. <laughs> <laughs> And then the anthology, the newspaper. When do you think that'll be out for? I don't know. There are other people who know more things about that than I do. I think soon. Seems good. Soon. Soon's good. Mm-hmm. Soonish. Now you try to go to a lot of conventions. I do. I'm not going to go to as many this year. No. But uh, yeah, usually I do. I always find the whole convention thing a bit weird because it's got to be really expensive as uh. a cartoonist. Yeah, I mean, it definitely, it adds up. Um, and I guess I'm lucky that I usually break even, at least. Um, and then I use it as an excuse to travel, too, mm-hmm. um, which is nice. But, yeah. <laughs> Has that been, have you enjoyed the process? Has it been, like, or does it kind of take away from time to illustrate when you get kind of sucked into prepping for a convention and recovering from a convention? Uh, no, I love going to conventions. Um I probably would have put out a lot less mini-comics if I hadn't been, you know, getting ready for all these conventions over the years, because my habit is usually, like, I'll have an idea for something for a while, and I'll wait until, like, anywhere between a month to two weeks before the convention (laughs) is, and then I'll actually start drawing it. Um, I think the last mini-comic I put out, I finished drawing it, like, Six o'clock at night, the day before the before SPX started, or something. Um, <laughs> big procrastinator. <laughs> so using the Kinkos that's across the street. Yeah, yeah, I'll be there, and you know, been known to go to Kinkos, you know, again at like six o'clock in the morning when they open before uh, the convention starts, or before I have to leave for it. Yeah, it's not a good process. I would not recommend it to that anyone. King, that Kinko must do great, though, the one at SPX. Yeah, I don't know. Well, you know, like, the first SPX I ever went to, I was driving down from Providence, and uh, I hadn't finished photocopying my book yet, and we were really late for the convention anyway, and uh, the friend that I was with, we were like, oh, man, that, that Kinko's is probably going to be, like, so packed, like, everybody's going to be in there at the last minute photocopying all their comics. And no, 
No, there wasn't like a single effort. <laughs> 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 the whole last minute thing, and then we showed up to the to the convention, and we were like, oh, everyone is so professional. Oh my god! Like, no wonder they weren't like you know showing up four hours late. And then I think I stapled all those comics like in the wrong order, um, which is another one of my trademarks. I like to put pages in the wrong order and then sell the books to people. And then have to undo the staples at the table. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm so. sure it's fine. Yeah, it's L- totally fine. Luckily, totally. they're mostly just one-page stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when you staple them like upside down, some people. Oh, that's, that's not, not good. No. <laughs> that's. I'm not saying I've done a lot of that recently. I've become a little bit better checking over my work, but. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Um, do you know any conventions that you will be at this year? I'm planning on SPX, and that's about it at the moment. Although, I think there's two conventions in Chicago this year. Um, I think there's a... No, maybe there's three. I don't know. See but, what I know? I don't know. There's but, one downtown. That's all I remember. Yeah. Aren't they all big mainstream things? Yeah, there's, um, there's a Comic-Con, which is like not really in chicago it's more like by the by the airport mm. um and that's mainstream and then for the past two years there's this one um called windy city comic-con um mm. and that one's really small it's more it's on the north side um and it's i think it's a pretty good mixture of like mainstream and alternative cartoonists so yeah well thank you for taking the time to yak with me today of course. Thank you for having me. And where do you think would be the best place for people to check out your comics? Um, they can look on my website, uh, which is maidenhousefly.com. So M-A-I-D-E-N-H-O-U-S-E-F-L-Y.com, uh, which is what my name translates to. Karen means maiden and Yuta means housefly in Czechoslovakian. So. Crazy. Yeah, I know. So. That's an odd name translated yes it is <laughs> i think it's awesome <laughs> no it's neat it's neat but it for everything yeah i had a f- friend in high school whose name was uh wooden shoe yeah i think her last name was translated basically to wooden shoe i can't oh. remember what her actual last name was in what language <laughs> but i remember it was wooden shoe hmm. so there you go thank you so much yeah. Thank you. And I look forward to more comics. Okay. All right. Hopefully they'll make it through the mail. Hopefully. I'm going to... I'll have a little chat with my uh, local postie. Okay. There we go. Thanks so much, Corinne. All right. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. And uh, up next at 3 o'clock, we have uh, Japanese Musical Waste. Um, and, yeah. Next week, I don't know who I'm going to have on yet. i got to figure that out. Hopefully it'll be the... Uh, I'm supposed to interview uh brian o'malley over sometime within the week so hopefully i'll have that ready for you guys if not it'll be something interesting it's uh my first show back in the new year and i really i gotta get back in gear don't you think um i'll leave us off with uh nicole reynolds uh here right now inkstead citr 101.9 fm
give me your lung if I need it along. If my breath draws shallow in the winter, would you hand me your heart if I needed a start pumping blood through this November? Would you give me your tongue if I needed a tongue? If my voice cracks, whispering my troubles. Would you pass me your eyes if my turn a little blind? They've been open for so long. Most things I'll never know, but I know all things must come and go. Pumping blood through this November. 